Are you a new entrepreneur or business owner in the Ottawa Valley that's been in business for less than five years and looking for some direction and guidance navigating your entrepreneurship journey and maybe could use a little help but don't know what resources that are available? Enterprise Renfrew County Starter Company Plus program is here to help. Learn how to write a business plan, prepare cash flow projections, take part in training, and have an opportunity to compete for a grant of up to $4,000 to start, grow, or purchase your business. Let's learn more about these startups that went through the program and were successful while also getting to know more about their own businesses. Welcome to Boss Babe Corner meets Enterprise Renfrew County. Enterprise Renfrew County is a great place to start, whether you have a solid business concept or you're exploring becoming an entrepreneur. Their dedicated business consultant provides entrepreneurs with the tools that they need to start and grow their business. You'll receive valuable and knowledgeable information such as how to register your business, creating a business plan, market research, financing, and other business-related inquiries. Book your call with their business consultation expert at 613-432-6848 and launch your business today. Hi, everyone, and welcome to this week's episode of Boss Babe Corner meets Enterprise Renfrew County. And today I am sitting down with Adrian Brown, the boss babe behind Moth and Moon in Chalk River. Hi. <laughs> so, Adrian, you opened Moth and Moon at the end of May of this year. So, three official months in business as a tattoo artist, but you've been an illustrator for a couple of years now, which is what I discovered. But before we get into how you fell into entrepreneurship, we have to start at the very beginning, and that's with your artwork. So when did you first fall in love with drawing? Uh, I would say when I was a child, um, basically from the point in which I could hold a crayon, I've been creating art. Uh, so that that has taken many forms over the years. But yeah, I just I've always needed it as a form of expression and uh, started out with drawing on absolutely everything. And then as I got older, I started drawing um, the images in my children's books. And then when I got a bit older after that, it was my brother's comic books. Um, he had like a huge collection, so he would let me use them. Uh, he didn't always want to let me use them because he was very particular about his comic books, but he would let me steal them from time to time and draw the, the images so I could get better at drawing people and stuff. So yeah, it's it's always been a huge part of my life. I'm so jealous of anybody that's artistic because I've got a creative and visual mind, but I can't articulate that on paper. Now, thank goodness for graphics and things like in Canva, like yeah. that is where my creativity flows because somebody else already has that graphic and they're able to like put it together for me. And then I just kind of create the magic from there. But you guys are so skilled. Like I'm even thinking Adrian back to like my, my time in school paper mache. I couldn't even get that kind of stuff together. Like you guys are so <laughs> giftfully crafted, I guess is the best way to say it. Like I can barely still draw a stick that. figure. <laughs> yeah. And I actually like, I have a lot of mediums that I work in so I can sew, I can embroider, I can draft my own sewing patterns to make clothes. I knit, crochet, I do macrame, I weave, I spin yarn. Like I, I do all sorts of things. So it's a, uh, yeah, I'm multi-talented. <laughs> multi-talented with uh, a very artistic flair. And you're also an extremely talented illustrator. And I did, Adrian, I did take a peek at your personal page, which is 
absolutely filled with beautiful designs from character designs, cartoon stickers, and even character art. But what are some of the different illustrations that you specifically like to create? So I, I like to experiment with a lot of different styles and subject matters, but the things that I enjoy drawing the most would have to be subjects that involve like inclusivity. So um, anything having to do with feminism or body positivity or um, civil rights is, is really important to me. And those are the things that I'm always compelled to, to work on. I think that my values as a person are kind of at the forefront of my artistic voice. Mm -hmm. um, and they're the, the things that I enjoy doing the most. But I also really like drawing cute things. And I've actually illustrated three children's books. But yeah, I think the things that I enjoy drawing the most would have, have to be activism-centered or florals. I, I love drawing flowers. And now I get to do it even more now that I'm tattooing. So yeah. Everyone loves florals. <laughs> kind of getting back to like your illustration with, with children's books, Adrian. how did you get into that? And how do you get discovered to be able to do that too for somebody? Uh, so it was through like college. So I went to school for illustration at Algon. Algonquin College. And um, one of my professors there um, knew that I that's what I kind of wanted to, to work in was children's books. And after I graduated, he hired me to work on a series of books called Goose and Cloud. And it's about a little impatient goose and a wiser cloud that helps him understand the, the, his, like the natural world and like it was about the water cycle. So the fact that clouds change form and allowing space, and it, it kind of has like a secondary meaning in regards to people, allowing people to change their shape and that they're still at the core who they are, um, but what they may look like, what they may seem can change over time and that that's okay. It could be initially scary, but it's all right it's, mm -hmm. at the same time. Adrian, I'm going to kind of go a little off topic here a little bit, but one of the things that I, I feel in your profession and industry of being an illustrator is that you guys are kind of forgotten about because there's the author, there's the author, and then you guys are the illustrator. So you guys are kind of like the behind the scenes aspect, but we wouldn't have a children's book without the pictures. That's what the kids are drawn to. It's like yeah. a singer without her backup vocalists and with her band. And one of the things that like is kind of bringing my attention to this is when I'm thinking about Robert Munch books, we all remember Robert Munch putting his illustrator right after his name with Mark, uh, with Michael Marchenko. That just stands out to me because without Robert Munch, there are no graphics, there are no pictures. Do you kind of like get where I'm kind of going with this? Like you are just as important as the author, because like I was saying, without, without the pictures, there is no book. And without the book, there is no pictures. And especially for young children, which picture picture books are geared towards. Exactly. Uh, the images often have their own narrative, like aside from the words, like the illustrator can choose to add things, even if it's just like a little creature that's in the background throughout the story, kind of like getting into things in the back. Like mm -hmm. there's, there's a lot of undertones, but it's also the way that children learn is they're very visual creatures. So mm -hmm. you have to understand psychology a lot to illustrate children's books to help them understand the conceptual ideas of the text in the imagery um but it's also like it's there's so much to play with because it really does 
ignite that like childlike part of ourselves even as Mm -hmm. adults like how would I see the world at this age in this context what could make this more fun and engaging for the child reading the book Visual storytelling, though, is so crucial in in today's life. And I mean, that's it plays such a big part in in our lives. And we've noticed that, too, on social media, like people really identify and connect with with the visual storytelling. Mm -hmm. And it's it's something that you like when I went to school for illustration, it's something that I spent two semesters doing was learning Mm -hmm. how to do visual storytelling. Mm -hmm. Um, It's called graphic narratives. So it's the same concepts used for like uh, graphic novels and comic books and stuff it's all about um visually you're essentially the director of the story you're choosing how the characters enter how they engage what the the angle of the camera is camera in quotes Mm -hmm. (laughs) like Mm -hmm. there's there's a lot that goes into that and because I was so good at that that's what really caught my professor's eye and he was like let's connect after and then he he hired me for a bunch of different jobs so I got to work with him on a a fair number of really cool projects, but um, yeah, the children's books are really great. Now, I did find a post that hinted that you'd like to publish a graphic novel, Adrian. Is that still on your to-do list? It is. So last fall, I actually entered a contest through Skillshare. Um, there's a really awesome graphic novelist named Ira Marks, who I really admire. He's a super cool dude. He's super nice. And he has classes that teach like illustration and graphic narratives and stuff. And he had a contest for a graphic novel pitch that you could put your work forward, like do the full pitch package. And then a couple of people would win the chance to get it reviewed by the head of graphic publishing at Little Brown, which is a a huge publishing company in in the world. Um, So I won that and had it reviewed in the fall. And that was like a super awesome experience. Um, Andrea Dawn was her name and she was like super great with her feedback. So I've been changing the the pitch and like the storyline just a little bit based on her feedback. Um, So it is still my plan to like finish that and get it out to agents and publishers because I I do really want to do that still but also starting a business like it's hard to have time currently to prioritize that but I'm hoping to get back at it soon yeah now how did you make the shift from paper and digital artwork to to inking people uh so funny story (laughs) it's something that I've always wanted to do but found kind of terrifying in that like tattoos are permanent and should you mess up you're messing up someone's body forever like Mm -hmm. that's that's pretty intense um so I really didn't like go forward with that there's also it used to be more gate kept in terms of learning tattooing and the machinery used you had to you kind of had to do in a traditional apprenticeship which is often unpaid um to learn the skills that you need in order to work but with the invention of like the pen machines for tattooing it's it's a lot easier to do and there's more people sharing information so it's possible to learn outside of the traditional apprenticeship um but essentially my sister came to visit me in january and she brought me a machine and supplies and was like you're gonna learn and you're gonna tattoo me and you're going to be really good at this. And I'm like, okay. <laughs> She's like, 
well, she had bought it for herself and practiced on her legs, so there was like some less. Like she she doesn't draw, like she's not artsy. Um, so she was like, I need you to cover the things <laughs> that I did, and she's like, at least you can't you can't make it worse. <laughs> they already are, so yeah. like, and you're really good at art, so just you know, it'll take the. I think she knew that I would have talked myself out of going to skin like I would work myself out of it essentially so she kind of forced my hand to, like, to learn and um obviously I'm very glad she did because yeah yeah it was a lot of hard work but here I am who better to practice on than your sister right <laughs> so if you do like screw up and it takes the pressure off a little yeah bit. yeah now, the most important step to learning anything is taking initiative. And the second most important step is practice. So what was your learning platform other than on your on your sister's leg? <laughs> and who are your mentors? And, and how did you hone in on your artistic abilities to incorporate your own style? So I started on grapefruit um, because they mimic human skin the best, I guess. They're kind of porous. And you can also peel the fruit to see how deep you're going because the depth is one of the most important things. Oh, interesting. Yeah, there's three layers of skin and you have to hit the middle layer. And it's a very, like, there's a millimeter of, like, wiggle room there. And where that layer is changes depending on the body part and the person's skin. So it's it's really difficult to learn that part. So with grapefruit, you can tattoo the grapefruit. Also, if you overwork the the skin of the grapefruit, it'll start to peel apart much more so than human skin. But it gives you that feedback of like, oh, if I do this at this speed, mm -hmm. it'll tear up the skin. I should not do that. So I started there and then transferred to fake skin, which is silicone. Um, and it's really hard to, <laughs> to tattoo and it's not like human skin at all. Um, but... Yeah, it, it helps me learn a lot about the machine and how to move my arm and not my wrist and and how to create nice solid lines. Um, and then it was practicing on myself, on my thighs. Um, usually it's places where you can hide <laughs> if you mess them up. But even my first one, it's, it's a little weird looking, but I love it. <laughs> I, I still love it. It's part of the journey. Um, but yeah, so I started on myself and then my sister and then friends and family after that. Um, and it wasn't, I didn't start taking on clients that I didn't know until I was about five, almost six months into learning. Um, I also, I'm lucky enough to have a lot of friends that are tattoo artists, so I could draw on their knowledge a lot. Like initially, especially it was a lot of, a lot of messages, a lot of questions, a lot of okay, I did this. What do you think? Um, and they were quite patient with me, which was great. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, other than that, there's some really great online courses as well um, through YouTube, Skillshare, and Domestica. There's classes you can take that like run through a lot of the, the fundamentals. And then it's just determination and practice and not giving up. I, I think that's the, the key to success there. But I'm really glad though, Adrian, that you leaned in on your tattoo community. You didn't just go all in on your business yourself without, without asking those questions, without yeah. asking for feedback. I love criticism. It's, it's how you learn, right? Mm -hmm. Like if I learned that in school, peer review is super important and just getting feedback because a lot of the time people will look at things 
in a different way that I wouldn't have initially thought of. Right. Um, and that that is invaluable, essentially. Oh, it's so true. There's so much that we can learn from one another. And specifically, like in our communities too, where there are so many more tattoo artists versus like 10, 20 years ago, when I was growing up, like we really only had the wizard's den. And I don't know if like you've heard around. Yeah. Okay. So around town, like that's where everybody was going. Like that was the hub. They had like specific people that worked there and worked under them. And it's been so nice to see the evolution of tattoo artists, specifically with women, because like for that, like, especially in a small town where like, there really was like only one tattoo studio to go to and And taught by the same person. Yeah. I went to the wizard's den like when Liz was an apprentice, yes. bombshells. Like yes. I got tattooed by her when she was an apprentice. So yeah, it's it's really cool. Like there's a fair number of studios now. Like Liz's is obviously one of the best. Um, bombshells has mm-hmm. like great artists, phenomenal atmosphere. Like they're pretty great. Uh, another one of my favorites is Eterna, which is across from the Nook. He's also been like I went in to get a tattoo and he was so kind and like generous with his knowledge yeah and has continued to be like he's one of my favorite people now him and his wife own it together and they have apprentices and they're just they're fantastic people this is so important though to talk about the inclusivity of the community and people supporting and helping one another and the whole knowledge sharing aspect of things because when you have your guard up and when you look at it in a in a competition kind of mindset, you're not you're not going to go anywhere. No. And when we really think about it too, Adrian, like the majority of tattoo artists, specifically in the Ottawa Valley, they're all women. 10, 20 years ago, it wasn't like that. It was all men. It was a male-dominated industry. And now I feel like that's really shifted. There's also like, it can be a somewhat toxic environment too in tattoo like traditionally like I'm talking like a while ago it's Mm -hmm. it's pushing we're pushing towards a more like softer environment for tattooing especially with more women in the field but Mm -hmm. um yeah there was like this a harshness to it and a lot of gatekeeping and it wasn't a very progressive or inclusive industry so I would say even in the the last 10 years there's been a huge push towards that like more women in the field a more beautiful tattooing experience which is kind of what I wanted to do as well like my whole deal is about being inclusive and and offering comfort and support to my clients like that's pretty important to me so I have like a basket of fidget toys for people I have blankets I have like so many things that that just help people with the experience because it it can be a very vulnerable and like abrasive thing to have done but like the more welcoming and at home people feel um the better the overall experience is for them adrian i love that inclusive approach that you're offering I love that so much because people like you're getting intimate with like different body parts, like different, different areas of people's bodies that maybe don't see the the light of day that often, or that people aren't necessarily comfortable with other people touching when you're incorporating, like maybe a weighted blanket, a warm, inclusive environment. Mm-hmm. I think that really, that really helps people feel a lot more comfortable at ease. And then and then more comfortable and confident to come back again for a second, you know, second or third time around. And that I think level of client care, like regardless of whether or not they come back is what 
will also help me just generally succeed because the like obviously the art matters and like the end product matters but it's also about the experience and offering like a beautiful and comforting experience whether or not they get more tattoos like I think they'll carry that with them Mm -hmm. you know what else I really appreciate too is the shift in acceptance with women with tattoos because before like it just right like it wasn't as accepted kind of going back to what you were saying about the environment how it was grungy it was like hard rock and it was badass and like yeah yeah, metal metal. like (laughs) yes like and and a woman having a sleeve I think is so attractive it's so hot it's so sexy absolutely but back in the day like five ten and beyond years ago like it wasn't it was like oh my gosh like that is a that's a hard chick And I think that Liz Davis, like bombshells, she's a trailblazer in that regard. She's so warming and she has really paved the way for women in, in art and, uh, and, and creating bombshells to what it is today, specifically all female owned and operated. And then for people like, you now, Adrian, being able to like open your own studios, I, I think it's really important to kind of shine a light on that. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I think empowered women empower women. And it's true, right? Like the, yeah. the stronger women, they they light the path that the rest of us can follow. And and then the more of us that do that, we inspire everyone else around us too. And yeah. it just continues to lift us all up. And that's that's kind of the point of, of feminism too, is that we collectively raise everyone up to a more equitable and inclusive future. Totally. Now, while you were preparing to open your business, you were also going through the Starter Company Plus program, a program for startup entrepreneurs through Enterprise Renfrew County. So Adrian, where did you first hear of this program? So I learned about the Starter Company Plus program through just researching small business grants and bursaries through the government. Um, and then I, I realized that there's kind of a similar program in most counties. Um, I actually, at the same time, had a friend in Southern Ontario going through her area's version of the same thing. Um, so that was kind of nice. I could also talk to her. She was a little bit further ahead in the process than me. So she offered support in that sense, too. Um, but I inquired about the program through the web page and then spoke with Heather, the coordinator, who I adore. Super lovely human being. Um, and she told me about what the program entailed which is a lot of time and energy and work um and I was like yeah let's do it so <laughs> I enrolled and yeah it's it's a really great program I highly recommend it for anyone that's a starter business you don't have to like just be starting you can be within five years of operations so I think the most valuable thing about the program is the information, the support and guidance that they offer you. Um, Like the grant money obviously is great um, in the end, but essentially, regardless of that, like I knew that I'd be learning quite a lot about things I hadn't thought about. Um, Like I've been in business for myself before, but there is a lot that I I wanted to know about bookkeeping, taxes, legal issues, insurance, and they go through all of those things. And they have people in those industries come to our meetings on certain days to talk us through those things. Um, But I also learned a lot about 
myself in the process of working on the business plan, particularly, um, because it really helps you understand who your market is and what your unique value is and what you want to be the core of your personal business. And mine was accessibility and inclusivity. Mm -hmm. So making it a, a thing that is available to people that maybe have anxiety or ADHD or sensory issues that the traditional tattoo studio is a little bit too much. They want the experience, they want tattoos, but being in a very loud, abrasive environment isn't accessible to them and their specific needs. Mm -hmm. So I think it really helped me fine tune what I wanted to do and what I wanted to bring to the table in terms of my business model and what was the most important to me. And I can already see that. I know my listeners can't see it, Adrian, but I can see behind you. I can, I, I can see the environment that you've created. It's bright. It's warm. It's welcoming. It's quiet. It's mm -hmm. that one-on-one -on -one personal experience yep. where you're really allowing people to feel at ease and comfortable in the environment and most importantly, like they have that aspect, whether they want that, that conversation, or if they just want that time just to just sit back and get inked. Yeah. And I offer that as well. Like if people have social anxiety, just the idea that like, we don't have to speak if that's mm -hmm. too overwhelming for you, or if people want have anxiety about going new places that they can come in and see the space and meet me beforehand so that they feel comfort mm -hmm. and supported and like. They know what to expect from the experience. I love that. Adrian. what's one piece of advice that you would give to yourself when you first started to go into business yourself? Try to get more sleep. <laughs> I love it. Yeah, you um, and me both. <laughs> Still waiting right? on that one. <laughs> right? Yeah. Uh, good luck with that. Yeah. Um, no, it would probably be that like, it's, it's a lot of hard work. It's going to be long hours. It's going to be maybe locking yourself in the bathroom and crying and eating a chocolate bar occasionally, but like worth, worth the pain and the effort uh, to get to the end result. Like being in business for yourself, it's a lot. It's a lot of work. It's a lot of communications. It's a lot of admin aside from the actual working hours. It's just, it's a lot, but like we're all capable of so much more than we give ourselves credit for. And you are a woman of words. I'm here for it. <laughs> Thank you. We all empower one another. We all have to give ourselves that grace. We all will find ourselves eventually in that lock closet, eating a chocolate bar or a bag of chips. We all mm -hmm. probably have done it already before once or twice. And we but... have to allow ourselves to be human. Yes. To fail and to stumble and to struggle when it gets really overwhelming, but just yeah. to persevere and keep trying. And reach out to people for that support because yes. having these open and honest conversations just really reiterates the fact that we're not alone here. We're all like, we're all dealing with the same issues, regardless of what industry we're in, what we're doing. We're all like, we, as women, we're all facing similar struggles, but it's so important yeah. to open up that dialogue and to ask each other how each other is doing and like how their day is going. And if there's anything that we can do to help and find our support system and our networks, it's so crucial and it's so needed. Absolutely. Absolutely. Like it, it's hard to be an army of one, even just having a, a few people that are there and support you. It just, it makes all the difference mm -hmm. for sure. And Adrian, who is one local boss babe that inspires you daily that you think everybody should know about? 
I think it's probably unlikely that people don't know about this person, but uh, Natalie Surrett of Laurentian Brew Kombucha um, is a friend of mine. She is incredibly awe-inspiring. Not only do her and her husband own Laurentian Brew Kombucha, she also owns Rico Refillery in Deep River, which is a zero-waste store that is beautiful and cozy and has, like, handmade items and like dispensaries for like natural soaps and laundry detergent and cleaners and and she's also a phenomenal photographer and like like she's just constantly impressing me in her drive and and grace and compassion and she's just such a lovely person and very impressive from a a woman business owner standpoint Oh, what a great boss babe to recognize. Love, Natalie. Shout out to Nat out in Laurentian Hills. Now, let's bring it back to you, though. So where can people book with you with Moth and Moon Tattoo uh, in person, your website and socials to follow along, as well as maybe even your personal page? Because like I said, I, I personally liked uh, digging in and seeing all of your great, uh, beautiful artwork and illustrations that you have on there. So in terms of booking, usually messaging me or emailing me first, either through my website or my Facebook page, Moth and Moon Tattoo Studio, um, is best so that I can like give an estimate of how many how many hours that people need. And then they book that through my website, which is mothandmoontattoo.com. And when it, in terms of like socials, I also have Instagram, which is moth.and.moon.tattoo. Um <laughs> And my personal website for my illustration portfolio is adrianlewisbrown.ca. Um, that's where I have most of my, like, just drawings and illustration graphic design work. Um, but yeah, I think that's all of the things. All the things. There we all go. So if you're looking to book a tattoo appointment, Adrian's your girl. And if you are an author <laughs> listening by any chance and you want Adrian to, uh, to illustrate your next book, she's your girl. I am. I'm here. <laughs> Well, Adrian, thank you so much again for being a part of OB Boss Babes. It was so great meeting you and I really appreciate you taking the time to meet with me. Thanks so much for having me. It's been a great experience. Are you an entrepreneur who wants to start a business, but you're not sure where to start? Do you need business training and skill development to learn how to write a business plan? And do you want to compete for a business grant of up to $4,000 to help you start or grow your business? Starter Company Plus is a program that's offered through Enterprise Renfrew County and is a great opportunity. Attend one of their information sessions that are coming up later this year and learn more about the program at www.enterpriserenfrewcounty.com forward slash programs forward slash Starter Company Plus. Thank you so much again for being a part of OB Boss Babes. We publish new episodes every Monday and Wednesday. So we'll be back again on Monday with our latest Ottawa Valley Boss Babes. So stay tuned and follow along on OB Boss Babes so that you never miss another episode.